T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Happy Monday, almost happy New Year. It's New Year's Eve Eve, and we are going big on the best of the Joe Show, featuring a lot of Joe. Joe Rose will be up in just a few minutes talking to the used coach Manny Diaz. Very interesting conversation. Then a double dip of Joe Rose because he talked with Brian Flores, the head coach of the Dolphins. Woo! Dolphins exciting this season. Surprisingly or not so surprisingly, Brian Flores has those guys, even though they only won five games this season, headed in the right direction. Then Hawkman and Crowder. Hawk is a little teed off. We'll hear from them later on. But right now, we're about to hear these headlines. Following the Dolphins' win in New England 27-24, Miami cornerback Xavier Howard was arrested in Davie for domestic violence. Plenty college football today. Western Kentucky beat Western Michigan with a last-second field goal, 23-20. Later, it's Cal, Illinois, Mississippi State, Louisville, then the Orange Bowl with Florida and Virginia doing battle. The Heat will put the NBA's third-best record to the test tonight when they play the Wizards at 7. The NFL coaching carousel has begun with the Giants firing Pat Shermer, the Browns letting Freddie Kinchins go, while the Redskins look to hire Ron Rivera. The national championship is set for January 13th with LSU, who demolished Oklahoma 63-28, playing Clemson, who slipped by Ohio State 29-23. Kane's running back, Lorenzo Lingard, has entered the transfer portal. Miami does plan to make a dramatic change to their offense next season. The Panthers beat the Canadiens 6-5 yesterday. They play again tomorrow in Columbus against the Blue Jackets at 7. The Marlins have signed free agent outfielder, Corey Dickerson. Last season, Dickerson played with the Phillies, batting 304 with 12 home runs. Inter-Miami CF has now 21 players signed to its roster and have hired Uruguayan Diego Alonso as their head coach. First match, March 1st at LAFC. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. <sighs> a Tennessee woman. She bought her pyromaniac dad a flamethrower for Christmas. More impressive than being daughter of the year? She's my hot mess of the day. Oh, yeah. That really does get me going right there. Hmm. A woman in Pennsylvania has been arrested after burning down a trailer park while wearing a shirt saying, act crazy. Oh, she did. And she is stiff competition for my hot mess of the day. On Christmas Day, a 12-year-old in Texas used a newly gifted magnifying glass to set his family's lawn on fire. Today's day spa is fire. A 45-year-old tortoise with a grumpy look on its face knocked over a heating lamp in his family's home. It started a fire and burned down the house. Luckily, the shelled assassin was rescued and not harmed. Man, this day spa is all about fire, <laughs> fire, yeah, fire, fire, fire. Now on the weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast calls for no fire but rain. 
with temperatures in the mid-70s. Join Hylia Park for a free New Year's Eve party December 31st. Receive free party favors, enjoy drink specials, dance in the new year with live entertainment, and go home rich after winning your share of $20,020 in drawings. Visit HyliaPark.com for details. This morning, had a fiery interview from the Joe Rose Show as they talked with the used Manny Diaz. Now, hadn't been pretty lately, but Manny Diaz, he faced the music. What did he talk about? He talked about the Enos leak. Also, spread the word. The offense will look different next season, improving everything on the team and recruiting right here in the heart of Miami. Five days out from uh, a 14 to nothing loss to Louisiana Tech. Good morning, Coach. How you doing today? Good, Joe. How are you doing? Man, I'm hanging in there. Thank you. A little bit of sleep, but uh, it's always nice to come in and, and uh, talk about everything going on here in town and in sports and, and everything else. Coach, I know you, you, you've had a few days to kind of digest everything. I'm sure look at everything and evaluate everything, and I'm, I'm sure you're still going through it. But go back to the Dan Eno still. Kind of broke the story before the game, a few hours before, that uh, that was going to be it for him. Was that supposed to, to leak out, or was it, how'd that whole thing go? about and did it affect anybody during the game with the announce or with it coming out as early as it did well whatever the story that came out the decision wasn't made to part ways until after the game my feeling even after we spoke during the uh, the week after the duke game you know a season is a season the season ends after the bowl game that's the same way i felt uh, compelled to coach in the bowl game last year in new york i felt like you just you owe it to the kids to finish the entire body of work you know i wanted to see the normative season now there was a lot of evaluation that went on during during the bowl prep of of the good bad and indifferent and really drilled down into what the issues were, but still had a chance in the bowl game to see, you know, could there be bet- potential for any improvement? You know, would, would, would there be the idea that, hey, this, this is something that can get turned around and get better? And obviously the way that we performed um, in the bowl game just showed that that was not the case. And now in terms of did the report have any bearing or effect on the game, that's, that's impossible to say. The timing certainly was not ideal. A lot of the issues that we saw out there in that game we had seen before, so it'd, it'd be hard to just pin everything on that. Dan Enos is now officially out. Uh, how many more coaches do you expect? Have you made up your mind yet on on uh, on what direction you're going to go? And if a new coordinator comes in, do you do you bring new coaches? Let him pick some new coaches along with you with it, or what are you going to do there? Right now, the, the the whole focus is on getting the right offensive coordinator. Um, I've, I've already spoken to probably seven or eight guys, uh, both at the college and at the pro level, trying to find the guy that's got the the, the style of offense. I mean, we're going to there's going to be a dramatic change in, in in how we look on offense and the style that we play with. We're going to get get the tempo jacked up here. We're going to start to spread the ball out, get the ball to our athlete face, and 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 do something here that hasn't been done and, and some people have not seen. So we're trying to find the right guy to, to to get that done. There's some outstanding candidates that are out there, and then once we secure that. Guy, I mean, you know, we do have good coaches on our staff, and we'll, we'll, we will do what we always do and, and see what the proper fit is uh, going forward. Dan Enos, I know, was told, and a lot of people were salty about his comments about spread doesn't win you championships. Would you like to see more uh, of the spread offense? We're seeing more and more of it in college football. Well, spread is definitely sort of an ambiguous word. I mean, there, there are all kinds of different styles of, you know, how do you say spread offense? Um, so, and so I don't know exactly what he was referring to in his comments, but but there is no doubt that there is a style of play in college football that is that is um, you know that is dominant at, at the top of the top 25 charts and so yes I mean I think I will say if there was if there was a, a wonder scheme I remember saying this when I came here defensively 
you know, four years ago that if, if the if the four three was simply the savior, then everybody would run the four three. There's no wonder right. scheme that solves all equations. However, however, there are better ways to utilize your, your personnel and, and and get things going. And I do think that that's what um, you're seeing now in college football, and that's and that's what we're going to model ourselves after as well. You know, coach, what amazed me the most watching the game, and I don't know how you played out with your quarterbacks during the two weeks of practice. Jaron Williams, even on short passes, just didn't look like the guy I saw throwing touchdowns against FSU and Louisville. What happened to Jaron Williams? Uh, is confidence or being comfortable to where you are right now in the quarterback situation? Well, that's the greatest mystery, right? And and, and if I showed you, and this, again, I mean, it doesn't matter because it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't translate. But if I showed you the, the lead up the two weeks prior to, because we we're really trying to decide, you know, we have the same question after FIU Duke, right? So you get into December and say, hey, listen, let's make sure let's we're competing and, and trying to do everything right. And if I showed you the practice film of him, just you know hitting his drop and just ripping it down the field, you'd say, okay, listen, this is this is the guy that, that, that we see the good in. So whatever happened in terms yeah. of how we, whether it was losing a confidence um, after the FIU game or whatever it was, some, something obviously broke, you know, whatever the disconnect is. And, and so to me, that's it's been the same way around here for a while now, right? We've yes. got to get the quarterback thing solved. Uh, we have seen glimpses this year that when the quarterback thing looks solved, the Miami Hurricanes look like a pretty damn good outfit. When the quarterback thing looks like it's not solved, uh, we look pretty poor. So that, again, is is where you know we sat here, we had, we'd had the same conversation 365 days ago. Um, that's the disappointing part of, of where we're at, but the same, but it's all still fixable and it's all still there in front of us. Because it's funny now. Over the last few days, I, I've heard from just about every Canes fan, including at the Orange Bowl function the other day, and everybody's with thoughts um, from lack of talent. Maybe the talent's not as much as as we thought it is. And I always say, well, if it is, a lot of those guys are getting recruited by all the other big schools or a bunch of them. Could it be system? Is it coaching? Coach, how do you look at it as as you evaluate it and how to fix it? We have certainly enough in our locker room to compete. I think there's anybody that would say that we did not have enough in our locker room to compete for the Coastal Division this year. We obviously defeated the Coastal Champion in our stadium this year. So, you know, there's always, now, as you know, at, at this place, there's always a discussion, a comparison of our teams and our teams and in the past. I mean, there's, <laughs> look, we're, we're, we're getting, we're, you know, we got to recruit to that, and that's happening, but we have enough. Now, what do you do? You know, I always say in, in college ball, there's there's three things. There's your there's your who, there's your, you know, how, and then there's, there's your what, you know, the what is what are we doing schematically? The who is who? Who do you have doing it? And the how is how are they doing it? And that that kind of relates more to your culture. I do think that we did lay down a, a good culture this year. I do think our guys competed. Even if you look at every article before the game said, "Well, will mine even show up in this bowl game?" And again, obviously now offensively it looks like it looks horrendous, but our guys competed their tails off. Certainly defensively, those guys were competing as if the game meant everything to them. So there's something there in terms of what's been established this year with how we work, uh, which really is focused in our weight room. The who we have. We're we're going to continue to recruit. You know, obviously we talked about it a couple weeks ago. We love the recruiting class we have going in, but we've got guys in our locker room that are dedicated to being the solution and getting this thing right. We've had to make a change in tactics. You know, for, for whatever reason, our, our tactically how we were trying to score points and move the ball in offense, it wasn't getting it done. So let's find out. You know, I think your question is, I, I, I still think we need to, you know, find out. I think there's there's a team in there, um, in that locker room that uh, that is good enough to compete and, and, and are excited to get back here in two weeks' time and, and get back to work for spring ball. There's been a lot of talk about the offensive line all year, and, and I just wanted to ask you, um, because it's young, and so I don't buy that there's no talent when people, ah, oh, they got a bunch of guys they, they just can't play, and I'm going, well, the, they're young, and I haven't seen 18-year-old that's maxed out how good he is, or 19-year-old yet, physically, his best years are still a couple that are coming up. 
How do you look at the talent overall on that offensive line and and going forward with even with a young stud you've got coming in? Is it good enough? Do you think, or does it need to be upgraded? We're trying to upgrade everything we have. So to answer that part of the question first. Secondly, is it good enough? It, it is absolutely. We we have guys that are good enough to compete. When and the reason why I say it, Joe, is week in week out we watch everybody in the ACC. And so the question is, is, is there some sort of deficiency that you have in your position that these other schools do not have? Um, and the answer to that question would be no. All you have to do is watch these games this past weekend. There's a lot of people that are having their quarterbacks having a hard time set up and throw a football. I mean, if you look at you know Joe Burrow, half of the plays he's been doing an outstanding job of continuing plays, uh, keeping plays alive with his feet making unbelievable throws on the run. So the day and age, you know, the day and age of football has changed where you're just not going to line up and just maul people, you know, and, and, and with with a bunch of, you know, massive bodies up front. You can help those guys out. And, you know, one way that a lot of people help people out is when you go fast on offense, what does that do to the defensive lineman? It yeah, tires them out, you know. And so I think there's a lot of ways that you can help those guys out. But like I said, I see it week in, week out. You know, you know my brain still thinks defensively, and I watch these offensive linemen that we go up against every week and see what we have in practice. We're going to continue to add to our roster. There's still a chance that we can get a couple of transfers in that we're working on right now so we're always looking to upgrade everything we have but but i, I think it's remember I, I even told you a year ago it's too easy to say oh gosh these guys simply just aren't enough and not, are not good enough we started two true freshmen at offensive line like when does that ever happen who, who ever even hears such a thing um those guys got big time futures ahead of them but they there's going to be some growing pains through that we're paying for some sins from the past that we've got to get through uh with this youth on this offensive football team but you know what they do grow up and that is a plus coach i can't tell on tv but there were times at times jaron williams had time to throw in this bowl game are receivers covered down the field does there have to be a better job of running routes and separation are these receivers doing enough because again there are a lot of those guys are pretty big name guys coming out of of high school that just not getting the production i think everybody expected do you agree well louisiana tech was going to play on first and second down they're going to play you know very soft umbrella zone coverage so if you're seeing if you're seeing you know any of our quarterbacks hold on the ball, that's just because you know they're just going to flood the field with a bunch of bodies. So you're probably waiting more for windows to come open. So that would have less to do with necessarily you know route running one on one or whatever. I, what I saw our guys improve as route runners this year, and, and again you can point to the games where it looked really really good. I think the the issue, quite simply, again, is the enormity offense and the enormity of plays that can you really detail out and can you really be outstanding at? And then what are you doing again to get the defense off of the, out of their comfort zone? I think those are two things that as time went on that did not happen and and ultimately you're going to see that with the guys that you have and, and what it looks like in the passing game. Many have you been given a green light by Blake James to switch as many coaches as you want? Uh, I know you guys have discussed that and what you can share with me is he signed off on and take as long as you want or how quickly you want to have it done as well? Yeah, what, what, I, what I tell you is that, is that Blake and I see eye to eye on, on all of the, the fix that needs to happen. Um, you know, we, we talk throughout the year, you know, in terms of understanding some of the, the limitations that we had and then when I say limitations in terms of some of the things going on roster management that we're that we're working through and yeah so he knows exactly what's going on he knows and, and yes I mean to me is fully supportive of whatever we need to get it done and there, there's no one more invested in, in seeing the Miami Hurricanes get right than, than Blake and he's done a, a great job of, of supporting me in that endeavor and and that's the whole deal look this is something that is gonna what you know what happened this year happened for a reason and we've got a great chance right now to sort of breathe some life into this offense and, and I think that's just there's a lot of things going on right now. You got a defensive finish top 15 in the country. You got your recruiting class finished top 15 in the country. You made big improvements in your special teams. Where we have improvements coming in terms of the, the the place kicking situation. There's a lot of things that have been fixed. We got the culture fixed. The three things that we talked about the very first time you and I spoke a year ago. We didn't get the offense fixed, and that's on me. We've got another opportunity to get it done again, 
and we've got some exciting guys out there that I think are very interested in coming to the University of Miami and, and think that's the opportunity we have right now to get this thing back up uh, rather rather quickly. Coach, the biggest thing for recruiting, especially when it pops up here, and I know a lot of folks bring it up here, that they got to do a better job recruiting in uh, in the inner city. I, I hear that all the time. You feel you have the right guys or, uh, to recruit the, the South Florida inner city, and, and, this, and the backup part of that would be how important is that still, and, and is it the coaching part as, as as important as recruiting? Tell me how that works for you. Well, yeah, certainly the coaching and recruiting both goes hand in hand. And recruiting, the first step in recruiting is to, is to put something out there on the field that players want to come um, and play for. But I'll say this: when, you, when in terms of recruiting in the city, if you look at if you look at the commitments we've had, if you look at even our our well, let me just say the room that I coached over the past three years. If you look at our linebacker room. Sam Brooks went out there and had a hell of a game from from uh, Northwestern. Uh, Wayman Steve, we lost from injury, you know, from Miami Central, and DeAndre Wilder, we lost him from due to a medical disqualification from Carroll City. There have been guys that we have recruited throughout the the, the heart of the city where, where so much great talent comes from. If you look at our 2021 recruiting class, we've got multiple players um, committed from from all those same schools. So that is going to always be a massive, massive priority for us is to is to win in the heart of Miami. Right. So, um, but I, but I but I would I would say the fact that we have these guys committed and have had these guys committed and, and have bringing these guys on um, speaks how important that is to us. Manny, thank you, man. I appreciate you coming here and uh, have a good New Year's. Take a little time off. Take, spend the evening. Have a couple drinks with the wife and relax a little bit. Thank you, Manny. Joe, thank you and uh, happy New Year to you. Tough, tough, tough season, but Manny. Diaz hopefully he can get it all figured out and headed in the right direction as long as he is the coach at the U you can hear him right here on 560 the Joe and I'll try to always play him back here on the best of the Joe show remember you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Day Radio and while you're on the internet go ahead and download the podcast for this show or any of the shows by going to wqam.com wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free or the radio.com app can't get enough of Joe Rose got more of him next with the Dolphins coach Brian Flores It's the Best of the Joe Show. Back with the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Happy Hanukkah, although I think it's past. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Christmas, although that's past. Happy early New Year, because it's New Year's Eve, Eve, or any other holiday you're celebrating. Oh, man, it's crazy. If you can't get enough of Joe, well, I got you again. Joe Rose usually on from 6 to 10 weekdays. He was on Strong this morning interviewing Manny Diaz. You can play that one back. Played it just a few minutes ago. And he also got Dolphins coach Brian Flores, who is a hot commodity here in South Florida now. What did they talk about? Beating New England yesterday, never giving up, the team buying in, and Devontae Parker putting it together. Brian Flores joins us after yesterday's, I, I, got, I might say it a couple times, 27-24 win in New England. Coach Flores, congratulations, first of all, and uh, second of all, thanks for coming on today. No problem. Thanks, Joe. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. Are you kidding me? That was uh that was a fun <laughs> flight home, man. That was that was good for old guys, young guys. Quite an accomplishment with, with that group and what New England was playing for, coach. And I know in the morning you told me, Hey, we got one more to go and I was like, Oh, coach. I walked away from him and went, Oh, coach. Man, you are. But those guys believed. What was the biggest thing that you were excited about yesterday watching your guys compete from the start to the end of that game? Well, you know, we talked about, you know, playing for six 60 minutes, the, the, you know, the Patriots, they wouldn't go away, um, that there'd be ebbs and flows in the game, that, you know, if we played well, we stuck around, uh, which we did. At the end of the day, you got you to gotta knock out the champs, and that's what they are, and we were able to do that, you know, with a great four-quarter drive led by Fitz and capped off by a touchdown pass to Mike. So it was, it was, it was a fun game, but they just they fought. Um, this team competes. 
they, they, they enjoy playing together. It's just a credit to them, credit to our coaching staff. It was a good way to end the season. You know, we, we, I'm proud of this team. Coach, they beat you 43 to nothing in week two, and that was at your house, and you went up, and I, I think that just made it. How did you treat that? Did you talk about that, or was that week two thing and early season thing forgotten when you were talking to this team, getting them ready? It was forgotten. We didn't talk about that game. We, obviously, as a staff, we watched it, but we didn't talk about the game, or I didn't talk about the game mm-hmm. you know, with, with our team all that much. We uh, Look, I mean, it was a, I, I forget what week it was, week three, week four, week, somewhere in there where I told our team, look, the, the, the days of the 43 nothing, the 59 and 10, those days are over. And I felt that way because of the way we had practiced, the way we had prepared, the way I, I watched us prove and get better. And, you know, at that point in the season, we still hadn't had a win, but um, we were playing a little bit more competitively and I could feel the buy-in th- throughout the team and really throughout the building. And so, no, I didn't talk about it all that, that, that much. Um, I think, I think we were, we were past yeah. that and we just needed to, to, to play a good solid football game, stick together, play tough. And, uh, we did that. Coach, how do you keep your team together? Uh, and I'm on the other end of it here on the radio to, to hear it. How do you keep your team together after you trade Minka Fitzpatrick and Laramie Tunsil, two really good young players, and, and players can see it, and they know how good everybody is? Was that a hard one for you to get over, or were you surprised the way your team bounced back from it? I think, uh, you know, in, in this league, whether it's trade, whether it's injury, whether it's, you know, I mean, I think each team had deals with adversity, and they, you have to have the next man up mentality. I think at that point in the year, based on what everyone else was saying uh, about what we were trying to do, uh, you know, obviously tanking was the big was the big phrase everyone wanted to use. And I think we just and I asked them, and you know, not asked them, but I demanded that we we ignore we ignore everything outside of the building and just focused on our preparation, our meetings, our walkthroughs, our practice, on getting better every day, on building. You know, I always felt like we were building something special uh, with the way with the way these guys practiced, which the way they they. I think a lot of these young guys learned how to uh, to take a professional approach to you know their preparation, and I think it showed it showed you know late in the year, later in the year. But look, look, I mean, this is something I'll, I'll tell them when I meet with them today is winning that game. You know, I, I would say we, you know, the, the bar's been raised, so we've got to have a individually. We all have to have a great off season. We'll be evaluating everything, every player. I've been evaluating myself. I mean, there's a couple challenge flags I should have thrown, a couple things I could do better, a lot of things I can do better, and um, you know, I'll, I'll definitely reflect and self evaluate myself you know this is going to be a big off season and we're all going to have to work extremely hard the same way um, we did all year coach two of the best stories just why we have some time here the improvement of Mike Gesicki who had the game-winning touchdown and especially Devontae Parker especially when a lot of people thought ah the Dolphins will never pick up another year and you guys saw something in him and said no no let's bring him back he he can play can you talk about the improvement of those two guys and what you saw in Devontae Parker ends up with some of the best numbers as a wide receiver in the NFL not just on the team but over 1200 yards yesterday against one of the best corners if not the best corner in the National Football League well I think you know Devontae's had a great year and as a staff we challenged him this week and said look if we're going to win this game we're going to need you to, to play well against the best corner in the league and he he he, uh, he stepped up and played well. Um, obviously, as you can see. So he's he's had a great year. But you know the 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 credit goes to him. The way he works, the way he prepares, the way he takes care of himself, the way he studies. I think his confidence began to build over the course of the season. You know he really feels as though he can he can get open, make competitive catches. You know, excuse me, or make catches against competitive coverage. Right. 
look, he's talented. He's very talented. You know, he's big, he's long, he's athletic, he's fast, and he was able to put it all together for, for a good stretch this year, specifically these last, let's call it, 10 to 12 weeks. Uh, Mike uh, Gasecki, he's really kind of, he's come on, I would say, that in that same amount of time. Again, another guy who's athletic and big, but he's still learning how to play. He's a young player. It takes right. a while to learn to, to learn how to play in this league. You know, a lot of people think he can just jump in there and, and perform and perform at a high level, but you know, there's a lot of preparation, practice time that goes into this, and you know, those guys, you know, the credit goes to them. They they put the work in. Hey, coach, um, I've watched Ryan Fitzpatrick playing a lot of these teams. I've seen him play like you have in the AFC East for for a lot of his career and other places. I never never thought a guy could be this consistent, and his leadership skills are. I'm just from the outside, you're on the inside, or off the charts. I've never seen anything like it, ever. What has surprised you the most about being around Ryan Fitzpatrick? Anything, or did you expect everything you're getting from him? Coached against him in the past, and he's always he's, he's been always been capable of having you know the 400 yard five touchdown game, and he's just he's 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 I mean I think from a leadership standpoint, like you said, you know that's where um, he's really he, he's really taken off and, and and really helped his team. You know, it's a young team. You know, he's a 15 year guy who's you know been around the block a few times, and you know when he speaks, they listen because he's got the experience and he's been in a lot of locker rooms and been in a lot of huddles and uh, been around a lot of coaches, and he's got a lot of wisdom. Um, and he loves to play. Um, and I think, you know, the, the way the joy he has, it, the, the guys feed off of it. And, you know, it's, it's again, I, you know, I was talking to uh, media guys yesterday, you know, this, you know, with all the pressure and all the all the pressure that comes with this game, a lot of times the, the joy gets sucked out of it, and he brings that joy right back. So it's, <laughs> it's been a, it's been fun. It's been a fun year, um, you know, working with him. You know, you know, it's amazing. I, I'm sure you see all the stuff before the game. Like he comes out, and then it's like all the puppies come out to be around him before the game, <laughs> and then he he goes and runs some guy over in the end zone, and the whole team jumps okay. up and down like it's uh, Miami Central against Miami Northwestern in a high school. <laughs> football game coach yeah. I'm just, Kim Bocamper and I sit back and watch it I go man I've never seen him this Colt is unbelievable man watching it yeah no it's 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 been fun it's been fun and uh yeah it's been a lot of fun that's all I can say about all right it. hey listen before I let you go because we're we're just about out of time and I know you got exit meetings today and I leave you with this all the social media stuff out there whether it's draft picks or tanking or do, do you block it all out all year coach do you hear any of it at all in today's uh, crazy social media world well I don't have any social media so <laughs> does the wife ever <laughs> does wife or the, the the little ones go hey dad uh any of that stuff or, or nothing at all for you occasionally my wife We'll, we'll, uh, we'll fill me in on, on one or two things that are happening, but she knows I don't like to. I don't like to hear much of it. Look, I mean, all, to me, all that matters is what, what goes on in this building. That's it. Yeah. That's really all that matters. I think, you know, for me, I, I've always taken the approach that I've got the best interests of this organization and the players in this building. Every decision is in the best interest of this organization and, and the individuals in this building. I think I, I want everyone in our building to trust that. I'm always going to be honest. I'm going to be transparent. Sometimes that means telling them I don't like what they're doing. Yep. I don't like how they're playing. Or I don't like how they're communicating. It's going to be straightforward, and it's always going to be in the best interest of the organization. So, you know, I've been because I, because of that, I can block out everything because it doesn't. It really doesn't matter. And, I, and hopefully, you know, our players do that too. And that's a message that I send, you know, a message that I give uh, pretty much every day. Well, coach, so. I, I have learned one thing, and I promise you, I'm never going to be late. You don't have to worry about me being late around you. I promise. <laughs> coach, thank you for coming on today. Congratulations on uh, on that win yesterday and the season overall. Uh, it was fun to watch. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for your support of us all year, and you know, we appreciate you. You got a 
feel Brian Flores is doing some stuff. If you'd have told me at the beginning of the season that the Miami Dolphins, with the talent they had, were going to win five games, I would have taken that bet. I'd have said, let's put some money on it. I am about to take you to the bank. And I would have lost because I did not know how great of a coach Brian Flores is. And you got to like Fitzpatrick going crazy, balling out. Those guys, they played hard every game, and that's a great sign of a coach when your players buy in and play hard no matter how good or bad they are. Up next, the good and the bad, Hawk and Crowder. Hawk is hot. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this. Keep it tuned to the Best of the Joe Show. This is the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Thanks for joining us. Hawk and Crowder, they don't ever seem to work around this time of the year, but... Oh, wait, they had to be at Twin Peaks today. So they decided, hey, yeah, yeah, I'll show up. I'll do a radio show from Twin Peaks, hang out with the lovely ladies, get some good food, maybe some good brews. So they did, but it's a little more complicated than that. Hawk is teed off. I'll tell you why. He's annoyed with listeners, and he's not going to Steve Croft coaches. And then we hear a little bit from the Coach Flores press event earlier today. Oh, boy, here we go. This is going to be a wild one. Hockman and Crowder, and we are at Twin Peaks in Davie, final Monday show of 2019, where... He just beat the Patriots. Didn't he lay that thing out on the table? I, I don't think anyone would complain if he did. <laughs> That's how I would start it. I was just saying, like, that was big time. That was big time. Yes, I was, was saying to uh, Jarvis, your friend Jarvis here, a whole bunch of Florida Gators are in the house because... Crowder and his crew and his daddy's here. Yes. Crowder and his crew are heading over to the Orange Bowl tonight. Watch some Gators football. And uh, I did see something today, though, that should concern you. I got a lot of stuff to get to. But I, I did see something that said uh, Florida Gator fans better hope that Dan Mullen doesn't get courted by one of these NFL teams that's uh, searching for a head coach. I just want to put a little damper. Talk. I just want to put a little damper on your uh, on your evening. because we just talked to him. I had to sit through Wednesday. the Independence Bowl. And uh, <laughs> so I want to try to ruin things before but, you guys get started. Oh, but y'all look good. That's cute. <laughs> You're going to start with that, huh? Blake James is the athletic director at the University of Miami. He's going to join us today at 3.15. I'm going to tell you, after Brian Flores is done speaking, why I'm already annoyed with every listener to this show. Haven't even said nothing. Haven't said nothing. Have not said anything, and I'm already annoyed by every listener of this show. I'm, I'm now angry at myself for texting Blake to see if he wanted to join us today. I'm angry that we decided to work today when we didn't have to. I'm angry at the world because the tweeters are already tweeting. Just softball questions, didn't ask any hard ones. I didn't even do the interview yet. And, by the way, <laughs> listeners, you don't care about the questions. You're not going to get the answer you want, yeah. and then you're going to blame the questions. That's what's happening on Twitter when I said Blake James coming out with us every question. Oh, you're not going to ask him any tough questions. No, 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 no. You want him to say... I'm terrible, and I, I fire myself. And unless you hear that, you're not going to like any questions because I'm not going to interrogate my friend. Yeah, yeah. We're going to hang the swinging light over him and tell him to explain to me how, like, I'm going to ask him the tough questions. They, I, I sat through that Independence Bowl. But those tough, the people that are upset about that, they weren't upset seven months ago. Y'all were jacked up about Manny Diaz now, and it's just the first year. And and by the way, that's the uh, the issue that I have with a lot of people, which is Blake James, when it comes to the football program, has made two hires, period. Mark Richt and Manny Diaz. Al Golden was there. That was a Kirby Hocutt hire. Yeah. That was not Blake James. Blake James has hired Mark Richt, who to a man everyone thought was the right hire. Yeah. And Manny Diaz 
who, while some people thought it was rushed, he had to play the hand, which was, I got to go to Temple or you got to hire me. And I think 80% of Hurricanes fans would have hired Manny Diaz. I would have, understanding that, you know, um, who's the Oregon uh, coach? Uh, Mario Cristobal, Cristobal is out there. Like, I, I, I get it. But anyway, Blake James. What, what he did with that defense the year before. Yes. And what, like, it's. I, Seemed like a slam dunk. I, I can justify the hiring of Manny Diaz, and I can justify the retention of Manny Diaz. Absolutely. So I, so it's crazy to say playing the Orange Bowl, and I got my Gator stuff on. I got a table of Gator fans. I have Manny Diaz's back on this one. But I will tell you, like, people want to know about Alonzo Highsmith. His name gets bandied about a lot. I'll ask him. There's nothing, I, just so you understand, there's nothing that's off limits. Blake James and the University of Miami didn't say, hey, he'll come on, but you can't ask about this. And you, We could grill him all you want, but I'm telling you you want me to tell them you suck you need to be fired right now and i'm not doing that you know what tweet me questions you want to be asked and i'll i now ask yeah i'm really tweet us. I, I, tweet I have, us we'll ask the questions i have no problem asking them tough questions though no. i'm just telling you you're not going to get the answer you want yeah He's going to give you an answer that he thinks is appropriate, which is, we're going to make changes. I mean, Manny Diaz was on with Joe Rose and uh, Zach Krantz this morning, and people were like, oh, well, he said they're going to have more wide-open offense now, so that'll fix everything. Like, you're not going to get the answers that you want. But isn't so. that the answer? And you just don't like it? You don't like it because you want him to say, I'm terrible at this. I'm terrible. Like, you're not going to get that. You know what? Because I will tell you this, the guys that are listening, the upset guys, when you talk to a woman, they don't give you the answer you want, so just get ready. Like, when is this right? Now, then, what's he on? What time is he on? 3.15? 3.15. So he has an hour and, what, 13 minutes. Yep. Get ready for like when you see the pretty girl across the bar and you have your best lines. And we're going to come. We're going to ask him right. all the questions. And you're going to walk over there and she's going to say, my boyfriend's in the bathroom. And then you're going to say, she don't know. Bleep. <laughs> and then you're going to get mad at her. Right. So just, just leave that alone. We will say exactly. We'll ask anyway, the questions. I'll ask but all, don't the, be, all I, the tough questions. Because I but, saw Twitter with yeah. people saying, oh, I know how this is going to go. And then, and then somebody's like, somebody tweets at me, and they're like, you don't ask any of the tough questions anyway, let's be honest. So I tweet him back, I go, you're right. I play Hockman or Turkey on the radio. Like, you want me to be Steve Croft on 60 Minutes when, when Blake James comes on? I'm going to ask him tough questions. But if you think that I'm trying to trap him into an answer so that I can stand up like Perry Mason and go, you see, you didn't put your due diligence in when you hired. Like, that's not happening either. So if you want to hear that, honestly, tune out. I'm scared because they call me Baby Jim Gray. So is, is it kind of my job? Because, you know. So somebody texts in, why have him on? I'm having him on so he can explain what he thinks needs to be fixed, what he thinks went wrong, yeah. whether he thinks he's doing a good job or not. Like, I'm going to ask him the questions. What I'm saying to you, again, is you're not going to like his answers. And that I can't help. No. Because there's one answer you want to hear. If you text in why have him on, there's one answer you want to hear. I fire myself, and I can guarantee you, the, the interview's not taped, and there's no preconditions. I can guarantee you he will not fire himself on the air at 3.15 this afternoon. That's tough to do, man. Now. You're putting yourself out on a limb there. Let's talk about the Dolphins <laughs> before we get to Blake James. And again, Brian Flores is going to address the media momentarily. We're going to uh, carry it live. This is the final Monday show of 2019. Here's a couple things that are going on right now. Dolphins cornerback Xavier Howard. 
Ford was arrested by Davy Police. I mean, right near where we are. And they ain't called me. For domestic battery overnight. I, I told him shoot me a call if something happened. Now, this is going to be interesting for me to see how Brian Flores handles this. Because okay. this is your star. This is the star of your defense, of your team, probably. First guy they extended when they got here, they gave him $72 million. This is this is you. This, you know what? This, this is, is not Mark Walton. This is your Stephon Gilmore. It's right. exactly what it is. And so how quickly he dealt with Mark Walton, mm-hmm. I I would be very surprised if you see the same when it comes to Xavier Howard. Drag your feet. <laughs> Flores, drag your feet. But it'll be interesting. Uh, Blake James, like I said, going to join us at 315. Freddie Kitchens was fired by yes. the Cleveland. Cleveland Browns four seconds after they lost to Cincinnati. He's just happy to have a job anyway. He should have been a head coach. Pat Shermer has been fired yeah. uh, with the New York Giants. Am I missing any others? Anybody else been fired they today? haven't fired Garrett yet? No, Come I don't on, think man. so. Come through with the news. I don't think Chasing so. Chasing damn Garrett. I, uh, they're in the, they're, you know what? NFC East versus AFC East. Who you got? Oh, I mean, that's not even a question. So, NFC East is the worst conference in the, the, everything. Right? The division. Eight and eight. Philadelphia went eight Bro. and eight, won the division. And he can't do anything with the team where they put all that money into the line, all that money. The dra- Amari Cooper. Zeke, all the Dak, Amari Cooper. Oh, Jason got to go. Yeah. He got to go. Yeah. And then uh, I tweeted out after the Dolphins game yesterday, and this got mad love on Twitter. I can. Uh, this is my word-for-word tweet. I can honestly say this was as much fun as I ever could have imagined a five-win season being. Dolphins found themselves a legit head coach in Brian Flores found themselves a legit leader in Ryan Fitzpatrick and uncovered the legit talent of Devontae Parker. I really believe that. Here and, is, and, and, uh, here is, and Mike Kosecki as well. Yeah. Here is Brian Flores, head coach of the Miami Dolphins, addressing the media right now. I'm coming in creating the culture and setting the expectations for the organization. And for us, uh, I think we're very excited about the future. I think yesterday was a culmination of, of the guys' work uh, throughout the season. Um, they improved each week, got better and better, and so excited for the future. Hey, this is uh, this is Chris Greer, by the way, the general manager. This is not Brian Flores yet. This is Chris Greer. Uh, just like I said, very, uh, very good. Like, you know, we, I talked about laying the uh, groundwork and the foundation of uh, trying to build something that would win uh, for sustained success. And for us, it was uh, very important to do that. And I think uh, Brian, the coaching staff, have done a great job of laying that foundation. A lot of draft picks to work with this offseason. Are you, are you going to spend – do you expect to spend the free agent money this year? Or are you going to – big or are you going to invest it in the future and build with draft picks or both? You know, uh, you know, Brian and I have had conversations, you know, with Brandon and Tom. And uh, the big thing for us is we're going to be smart about it, you know. Uh, we're going to build it uh, the way we feel right. And, um, yeah, you know, we have money in cap space, but it doesn't mean you have to spend it all. We're going to try and bring in a, you know, a lot of players here, good players here, and keep building the roster. And uh, we'll, we'll be very uh, smart in how we do it. That's going to be the topic everybody wants to talk about. When you guys look at that from the draft and the free agency standpoint, how do you look at what you need to do in 2020? Do you have to get a new one, or do you look at it a different way? No, it's, we're talking about the roster, and we'll, you know, with the season just ended yesterday, so we're going to go through it, you know, with the coaching staff and scouts, and we'll talk about it, and and we'll look at everything like we talked about. You know, all fall is uh, every position is important. Um, uh, quarterback, we understand that that's the focus for everybody. But uh, we're going to go through the process and uh, make smart decisions and work through it and do what's best for the organization. Is finding a franchise quarterback the priority? Uh, like I said, it's finding <laughs> pieces everywhere. You know, we got, it's, uh, again, not 
trivializing how, you know, uh, the quarterback position, but we're going to, you know, investigate that hard, just like every position in the draft and free agency. To pay Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen coming back next season or, or being on your training camp roster at least? Yeah. yeah, right now. Yeah, both those guys, you know, Fitz did a great job for us. And, uh, uh, you know, Josh has worked hard, just like Brian's been saying. We've seen improvement every day in practice and uh, his growth. So, uh, yeah, so we're excited about both of them. How high on the list is upgrading both lines? Do you feel like you need multiple new offensive line starters, Chris? Again, we'll, we'll go through the process here. and uh, But I think, yeah, we want to get better everywhere, though. Very everywhere. It's not just O-line, D-line. It's, it's all positions. With the Josh Rosen trade at this point, can you consider that a success? Uh, you know, I, I don't know what you consider a success or a failure or whatever, but for us, we're, you know, we're excited. We took an opportunity on a young player that's dealt with a lot of change throughout his college and uh, pro career and uh, for us you know watching them grow and improve every day has been uh, good for us and so you know uh, we'll always take uh, chances if we think it makes sense for us to try and improve the roster. Brian, Brian in general do you have a, an opinion on high price veteran free agents and uh, you know we know that the, a lot of those guys can contribute and help you help get you better faster do you, do you have a general opinion on that? I think anyone who who uh can help this team, um, you know, get better and win. Uh, we'll take a look at. Uh, but like Chris said, and we've had you know many conversations, um, you know, regarding you know, like everyone thinks we've got you know all this, you know, this money this to spend and blow, and that's you know we're going to be uh, judicious and responsible um, with our salary cap. Um, we're going to make smart decisions. Um, you know, we're going to we've got a process that we go through, um, and look. Uh, I, I think, you know, people see a number. Uh, they don't really understand that, you know, you know, there's draft picks that are part of that. There's, you know, you, you got to save some for, you know, injuries. So it's not everyone's got, hey, it's $100 million. We're going to spend really all of it. I and mean, that's just not how it works. Yeah, so we're going to be judicious, responsible. You know, Chris, Brandon, you know, they do, they do a great job of uh, trying to forecast and predict how we want to, uh, the different ways we can do that. And, uh, um I think we're going to make the best decisions uh, or try to make the best decision for this organization. You had said you have the, the tools to do whatever you want moving forward. You have the capital to do whatever you want. Are you comfortable at number five or how likely? You are listening to Brian Flores and Chris Greer. They're both addressing the media right now, the after-season press conference. Chris Greer, general manager, Brian Flores, head coach. They're both at the uh, dais right now answering questions. We'll continue to listen. Upgrading the roster here. Talk a little bit about how your work this fall. We kept hearing two Dolphins thoughts at this game and at that game. It, and that's something we hadn't heard before. I hadn't heard before this is, could you talk about the – did you scout more with 40 defense? Can you – or plan, change, change plans in? No. No, I scouted the same still. Um, uh, I think, you know, with that, you know, Brian and I have talked about it. And you have 14 picks, but you still never know where, what's going to happen <laughs> before. So, uh, you know, for us, it was seeing uh, scouts to get our eyes on as many good players as they could around the country, have multiple looks. So uh, our scouts do a great job of going out in the road in the fall and, and finding guys and looking at guys. So uh, for myself and uh, Marvin Allen, uh, just getting out and seeing uh, some of the top players throughout the fall was uh, pretty much normal protocol for us. What are your thoughts on potentially drafting a player who may have suffered an injury recently or maybe injury prone? Would you be more reluctant to kind of draft a kind of player like that or would you maybe want to get him in the program and see how he could develop when healthy. 
You know, that's always a tricky one just because we're so far away from having all the information. So, you know, I don't want to speculate on that because you got to go through all the doctors and, and Kyle and, uh, you know, Uribe Schwartzen and uh, Yagnik yeah, all do a great job of getting us, providing us the information, uh, the medical stuff. So for us, you know, we'll investigate everything. And, uh, you know, if it gets to that point, we have to make a decision. We'll be uh, well versed in what we need to do. To retain all of your assistants, do you have any update on, on Jim Caldwell? If you expect him back, uh, you know we're evaluating everything: um, players, coaches. Uh, you know, I'm evaluating myself. I probably should have threw a couple more red flags over the course of the season. So everything's being evaluated, and I think that's the the right approach you need to take after a season, just to reflect and make sure you're doing things or we're doing things uh, the right way and doing you know. Things in the best interest of the of the Dolphins. So as you build this team, um, are, the, are is there a specific point where it needs to to start from here? Whether it's offensive line, defensive line, quarterback, or is it just best available talent and, and you do it like that? You know, Chris and I we've had a lot of conversations. You know, centered around you know exactly what you you know you mentioned. Uh, I think it starts with you know the culture and and bringing the right kind of guys in. Character means a lot. Um, as far as O line, D line, you know, Chris mentioned it. You know, I think you know we're going to try to bring in you know good players at all positions. You know, try to build this thing the right way with with uh, with good players who 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 put the team first and and love to compete. Um, I told them I was proud of them. It's very similar to what I you know talked about in you know my my media session yesterday. I was proud of the way they. Uh, Dealt with the adversity throughout the course of the season. I love the way they 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 worked in practice and meetings and walkthroughs and uh, you know how you know towards the end they really started to trust in the process. I thought they uh, they really worked hard and they saw some of the fruits of their labor not only yesterday but you know in the latter stages of the season. So you know this team knows how to deal with adversity or they learned how to deal with adversity uh, this season. I also mentioned that every season is a little bit different. Um, so this team is going to you know be different than the team we have next year. Uh, and that's that's the business of the National Football League. But uh, I think uh, we, we, we laid some 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 uh, the right foundation, and we just need to try to build on that. Be a year from now. Uh, just keep, keep getting better, better. <laughs> and then improving each game, you know, trying to win every game. So, um, again, it's, it's a process for us, and Brian's laid out a great plan and vision for it. So just excited for the future. Is, is there any expectation of being a playoff contender next year? I know you'd probably say yes, but in terms of this rebuild, Steve Ross has spoken of multi-years. Is year two of a rebuild realistic to expect to be a playoff contention? We're just going to, like Brian said, we're just going to keep trying to bring as many good players here as possible, and whatever happens, happens. Uh, I would say we, we're just going to take this thing one day at a time. You know, Nobody's thinking about anything. We're just trying to improve, get better on a day-to-day basis. Just try to improve, get better. Tell us about Brian's uh, involvement in the 53-man roster during the season, and then if you go ahead in free agency and the draft, will it be more than head coaches that you've worked with previously as much or a little bit less? How would you characterize it? You are listening to the end-of-season press conference. Brian Flores, Dolphins head coach, and Chris Greer, the Dolphins general manager, are both speaking at the podium right now, fielding questions from reporters. We're listening to it live. Let's continue to listen. Waiver wires and claims we've been doing. So, no, and like I told you guys from day one, I don't think it works without having the collaboration of working together. So, um, yeah, no, he'll be very involved, and as he has been through everything we've done. Brian, I'm writing the story of the America Cup for back in Honduras. 
And um, I wanted to ask you, they think you're a role model. What do you think about that? And do you think the possibility of maybe you going down there and um, um, well, I didn't know they played football in Honduras, so that's, they got a league, huh? All right, well, as far as being a role model, um, I think it's, you know, it's it's an honor to be, to be called that. Uh, I think, look, my I've been to Honduras many times. Um, I love that country. My, it's obviously where my parents were born. Um, I, I do plan on going back, uh, you know, pretty soon, hopefully this off season. So uh, maybe we can, maybe we can work something out where, you know, I love to coach, so. I got no problem. You know, we might have a little language barrier. My Spanish isn't that good. But, uh, you know, that, that might, be, uh, it might be something we can do. I'll tell you this about Brian Flores. It might not sound that interesting, but what he does on the field and coaching his team is inspirational. Dolphins, 5-11 and 11 this season, and that is a big one because no one thought they were going to win five games. Maybe not even Coach Flores, but they did it. So, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to bid you farewell. I'm going to head out to Titanic Brewery, maybe grab myself a couple of beers, maybe a workout before that because I want to get a little buffer, look good when it gets warm again. Then, I'm going to head home, eat a Minas sandwich. I don't know why I'm telling you all about my personal life, but I'll be back here tomorrow with the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 